Hello and welcome to this new life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangu. Today, brother Ian Mose will be talking about experiencing spiritual growth during the Bible segment. Before that, we'll be having Fred Bill Otieno talk about adolescence pregnancy. We also have great tunes that will be coming your way. To start off, here's gracious singers with the song, What Manner of Love. Keep it on the voice of hope. Behold what the Lord's found is love, the Father hath bestowed. Oh, sing us those that we should be, now call the sons of God. Oh, 
we should be called the sons of God. Indeed, it is a privilege. I'm glad that you're still keeping me company. Here is today's health segment by Fred Bill Otieno. Welcome. Hello, listener, and welcome to the health program, which takes a look at health issues in our daily life. Today we are looking at the adolescent pregnancy. I'm your presenter, Billy Otieno. Stay tuned. Adolescent pregnancy mostly refers to women aged 15 to 19 years. Nevertheless, many girls reach puberty at a younger age and are therefore able to get pregnant. Adolescent girls have both intended and unintended pregnancies. Through planned pregnancies, they often fulfill a wish to be able to love, nurture, and raise a child. Unmarried adolescent may see motherhood as a way to achieve adult status or as a strategy to get a partner to care or marry them. Always as it occurs later, their male partners dump them to avoid being associated with their pregnancies. Unplanned pregnancies are the results of lack of knowledge about menstruation and pregnancy, a lack of access to and knowledge about how to use contraceptives, difficulties in using contraceptives because of a partner's or family objections, contraceptives failure, and sexual assault. Let us now take a quick look at the adverse outcomes of this condition. Even when pregnancies are planned, they may have adverse consequences for adolescents. Girls who get married while still young are likely to have children in quick succession without sufficient birth spacing to protect their health. Studies in various countries have documented that pregnant adolescents are less likely to seek prenatal care than older women. Considerable numbers of adolescents do not receive adequate prenatal care because they attempt to hide pregnancies, are embarrassed or dissatisfied with health services, or most likely encounter financial barriers. Pregnancy during adolescence does carry potential health risks. Conditions such as anemia, iodine deficiency, malaria, which may contribute to adverse pregnancy outcomes, are found frequently among women living under privileged circumstances. Adolescents under the age of 15 are more likely than older women to have miscarriages and childbirth. Listener, in addition, adolescents' first births are riskier than the second to fourth deliveries. An adolescent younger than 17 years may not be physically mature. When a pelvic bones and birth canals have not fully developed, the pelvis may be too narrow to accommodate the baby's head, and she may suffer prolonged or obstructed labor, increased risk of hemorrhage and infection, or permanent danger to her bladder or bowels. Young women who are malnourished and have small pelvic weeds are especially susceptible to vesicovaginal or rectovaginal fistulas as a result of obstructed labor. Fistula is most common in countries of Africa, where child marriage is common. My dear listener, in African countries, it is found that many affected women 
are younger than 20 years, some even as young as 13. The deaths during childbirths are twice as likely for teens aged between 15 and 19 years than among women aged between 20 to 24 years. Girls aged 10 to 14 years may be five times more likely to die during childbirth than women aged 20 to 24 years in industrialized countries. Younger adolescents tend to have a higher prevalence of adverse pregnancy outcomes such as premature births and low birth weight babies than older women. The babies of younger mothers may also suffer high mortality rates. Studies have shown that for women aged between 12 and 29 years having their first child, the risk of death was greater for babies born to mothers 15 years or younger than for mothers aged 23 to 29 years. The rates of postnatal deaths, potentially due to neglect or abuse, were highest among the younger age group. Listen, this brings us to the end of our program. Be sure to join us next time. I am your presenter, Fred Biliotieno. Be blessed. Goodbye. For those who just joined us, this is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Do not forget to send your views, comments, or suggestions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at Like I promised, here's a song for you, I am praying, with gracious singers. Savior is pleading in glory, our dear loving Savior, though all friends may fear, and now He is watching in tenderness for me, but all that my Savior were your Savior too, for you I am praying for you. For you, I am praying for you. I'm 
Jesus has found you, tell others the story, that my loving Savior is your Savior too. Then pray that your Savior will bring them to glory, and prayer will be answered, just answered for you. For you, I am praying for you. It is now time to get a spiritual nourishment from Brother Ian. Be blessed. Greetings, dear listener. Welcome to our study today and feel at the feet of Jesus. The topic of our study is experiencing spiritual maturity. I am your presenter, Ian Muse. Science tells us that most growth in children takes place during sleep. They grow the most when they are thinking about it the least. The secret of experiencing spiritual rest is contained in one of the most encouraging promises Christ ever spoke. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29. Our souls can find rest only as we come to Jesus and place our trust in him. When we learn to trust God in all situations, we experience a blessed peace that no psychologist can simulate. In contrast, Consider the wicked, but the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt? There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 20 to 21. The wicked have no rest or peace. This is because great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalms chapter 119, verse 165. A person who loves God's laws will naturally obey it, and the result is great peace. The wicked have no peace because they are breaking God's law. It is abundantly clear from Scripture that there can be no rest in disobedience. If we are willfully breaking one of God's commandments or refusing to follow in His leading in any area, we will never have peace. In the New Testament, Paul tells us that God has a sign of this spiritual rest, a sign of our trust in him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 to 4 says, For which have believed, do enter into rest, as he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. The rest to which God is referring, which is only for we which have believed or trusted in him, is clearly the Sabbath rest. God rested the seventh day 
after completing the work of creation. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 to 3, Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 to 11. We mark this day on our calendars as the time between Sunset Friday and Sunset Saturday. Now notice verse 9 of the same passage. There remaineth therefore a rest. Marginal references translate this word as keeping of a Sabbath to the people of God. During the past four years, our family has been living and conducting evangelistic seminars in the country of Ukraine. Since the country was once part of the vast Soviet Empire, nearly all Ukrainians understand Russian. We passed out Russian Bibles in each seminar to those who were faithful in attendance. In the Russian Bible, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 reads thus, There remains therefore a keeping of Sabbath for the people of God. For the believer, the Sabbath remains. Paul makes it crystal clear in the New Testament that the Sabbath hasn't changed. God didn't change it. The apostles didn't change it. And Paul didn't change it. The Sabbath still remains as a sign of rest not only physically, but also spiritually. Thousand Christians today are lying dead or dying along the route to the celestial city. Their spiritual energies wasted because they have willfully refused to enter into God's rest, embodied in the Sabbath. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. Neglect the exercise of prayer or engage in prayer spasmodically. Now and then, as seems convenient and you lose your hold on God. The spiritual faculties lose their vitality. The religious experience lacks health and vigor. Gospel Workers, paper 254 and 255. The scriptures tell us that Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. During some of my prophecy seminars in Eastern Europe, I have seen individuals faint during the meeting simply because there was not enough oxygen to sustain so many people crowded in one room. If you are to hold your breath long enough, you too will pass out. The same goes for your spiritual experience. Neglect to pray and you risk spiritual fainting or even death. The good news is that in prayer, we can ask God to help us fulfill each one of these three conditions. The following exercise program was prescribed by Jesus for his followers. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 Go is an action verb as well as a command. Jesus went on to state Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 we are not called to be the judge, neither are we called to be the prosecuting or defense attorneys. Instead, God has called us to be witnesses. In a court setting, witnesses simply tell what they have seen and heard. For Christians, that means telling others about our experiences with Jesus. 
the first missionaries sent out personally by Jesus were two men who had been dwelling in filth among the tombs of the eastern shores of Galilee. Before encountering Jesus, they had been controlled by a legion of demons. Matthew chapter 8 verse 28 to 34 After the Savior delivered them from a living death, these two men wanted more than anything else just to accompany Jesus. How be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. Mark chapter 5 verse 19 Had either of those men attended a prophecy seminar? Had they been through a Bible study course? What then did they have to share? They had a testimony of deliverance. The power of Christ to rescue humans from the lowest depths of hell. Obsessed now with a burning desire to tell others of the blessed Savior, they went out as missionaries to witness for the Master. Has Jesus done anything for you? If so, then you are a key witness for your Savior. You have a testimony that no other person can share. Believe it or not, witnessing is probably the most important of the five steps. Spiritual exercise is what triggers your spiritual appetite. It will make you hungry for the word and thirsty for more of that living water, the Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life. Exercise also enables you to sleep better. Your spiritual rest, trust in God, will be more sweet, more secure, more refreshing. Spiritual exercise will cause you to breathe deeply too. You will have a richer, deeper prayer experience. In a nutshell, witnessing is what keeps you spiritually healthy. Your spiritual muscles will grow strong through exercise. Just as athletes are known to have bigger hearts because of rigorous workouts, so you will become large-hearted through continuous spiritual activity. There you have it, five simple steps to becoming a spiritual giant. We must take them ourselves every day. God is not going to send an angel from heaven each morning to read the Bible to you, pray for you, or do any of those other steps for the matter. These things we must do in cooperation with God, and by so doing, we will become little in our own eyes, but great in the eyes of the Lord. Ask the Lord just now to help you take these five simple steps each day and become a spiritual giant for Him. Amen. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter, Ian Muse. God bless you. I hope that you've been blessed just like I was. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show for today. Feel free to give your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box, 422-76-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also drop us an email at awrnairobi at eke.adventist.org. Have a blessed and a fruitful day as you continue to listen to other shows. Be sure to join us tomorrow. I've been your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Behold what the Lord's love, the Father has.